before we get going, I'm going to adjust my levels down in yeah. uh, um, Zoom as well because I was hot last week. I feel like so. Yeah, you're you're pretty resonant. <laughs> Is hot the 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 kind of like industry term? The industry for... term, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> We're so polished and pro. I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lane. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. So, Robbie, how are you doing? <laughs> Sleepless in Vancouver. What's been going on with your sleep? Um, I, I think there's a few factors here. Uh, the heat. Um, isn't helping because uh, our, as you know, bodies need to kind of get down to like a cool temperature in order to get into like super duper REM rest sleep. Um, we have an air conditioner, which I have mixed feelings about in our bedroom, but um, still, it's just so hard for me to just kind of cool off. Uh, you know, this is like three cold showers a day, filling up the bathtub with water, pretending it's a wading pool, doing all the things, drinking all the iced tea. Uh, cold dinners, everything, but um, I think that has something to do with it. Um, and I've, I've has a stomach thing going on uh, for about five days, and <laughs> this could entirely be because I I went for a swim down at the beach, uh, close to the yacht club here in Kitsilano, and usually the water that comes in there is quite clean. That's why that's where a lot of the locals swim. But when I went in the other day. Uh, there was a lot of kelp, and um, and it felt kind of wrong. Like, I didn't put my head under or anything like that. It was only in briefly just to cool off. But there was something that felt a little bit weird about the water. <laughs> so I think there may have been a little bit of E. coli in there. And Svaldo um, <laughs> started singing E. coli to the tune of those old Ricola commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E. coli. <laughs> And so we made jokes about it because I wasn't so sick that I needed to go to the doctor, but it was enough that it it just kind of laid me out for a few days and my stomach's still not quite back to what I would like it to be. Too much information. Oversharing in the ADHD. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll overshare about some uh, some stomach <laughs> troubles then. This, is not, this isn't recent. This was from a few weeks ago. But mm. um, I, I don't know how much of an awareness of The Simpsons you have. Like whether mm. that was a show you watched or not. Uh, the symptoms of the, the, the Simpsons. Oh, the Simpsons! I thought you said the yeah. symptoms. I'm <laughs> like, what's what symptoms? What symptoms show? What am I missing? Um, here and there, probably not yeah, yeah. for a long time. Like back in the Conan O'Brien days, certainly. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, there's this one episode where Homer gets this party sub and refuses to just like throw it out and it's just keeps getting older and grosser and he eats it and has to go to the hospital. And I very much did the same thing of just like eating a deli sandwich that I had just left in the fridge one day too long and I gave myself food poisoning. So I had like an unpleasant day, uh, totally of my own like 
laziness and volition. And it was funny because like the next day, um, I saw a Twitter post, something, uh, some woman being like, I've had this argument with my boyfriend all the time about how he's going to like poison himself with lunch meats. Like, is this a common <laughs> thing with men? And apparently it's just like all men are just like, it's fine. And just eat the fucking gray bologna or whatever. <laughs> Eat the gray bologna. This is funny because as well does that too. That's not even an ADHD thing. It seems to be a little bit of a dude thing. I'm like, I think so. Th- there's like a film on the top of that. <laughs> it's actually slimy. He's like, no, it's good. It's fine. It's only been out of the fridge for four hours. Doesn't matter. And I'm like, I won't leave anything that's been out of the fridge for like more than 30 minutes because I'm like, my stomach is so sensitive anyway. I know what happens. And he's like, yeah, no, it's good. I'm like, oh, dude, it has a personality. You're not supposed to eat it when it's got fuzz on it. <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, he doesn't go that far. I'm joking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry you kind of went through that. It, it, and it's funny. I know the ADHD food in the fridge thing. I saw something the other day. You know, it's like you buy all the vegetables. You go to the market. This is going to be the week where you're getting your fiber. And then I don't know. Chocofino looks really appealing three <laughs> days in a row. So you just kind of like eat fried cod on a taco with cabbage. <laughs> yeah. That's um, pretty good, though. The taco, if you know? Yeah, fr- fried fried cod on a taco with some cabbage. That sounds pretty awesome, I think. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, if and when you're out here in October, we'll be doing it up at taco, if you know, because that's like one of my favorite joints. I know it's not like super duper authentic, but it's damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, speaking of stomachs, like that's just a, if we have to pause intermittently um i'll keep you posted about that seems to be okay today i'm having some good iced iced tea and yeah but like the sleep thing is just so interesting like how i just feel like i don't have a a barrier to the outside world like i just feel like just a raw nerve walking around um so i know i've said this before on the show but if i get weepy warnings in advance if you look at me the wrong way jordan waterworks <laughs> well, I'll try to keep it light today. <laughs> um, but yeah, my sleep hasn't been great either. Partly, a big part of it is the heat, as you say. Um, mm. And then what's what's kind of tough right now is is the smoke is hasn't been so bad where I am. Mm. But you know, um, at night, you know, I, I would like to uh, sleep with the screen door open and just you know, um, I don't mind the traffic noise and stuff. Uh, and mm. um, yeah, just just to cool the cool the place down a bit. Um, but then when you've got the smoke coming in, it's just like okay, mm-hmm. well, I got to choose between like shitty air quality in my home or you know uh, just being in an aquarium and being a little bit too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been part of it for sure. And then yeah, it's just like I don't know, just just a lot of kind of anxiety lately, um, keeping yeah. me up. Just you know, money worries and just kind of figuring out where things are going next in my life (laughs) all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff you know the same stuff that that every adult is dealing with so (laughs) right yeah except for my nimby neighbors here in Kitsilano because they just seem to be like marinating in millions of dollars but that's just like another story (laughs) no nice work if you can get it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah if you bought property in Vancouver in the 80s sure um (laughs) but yeah uh I feel you on that one um and I'm doing kind of a a short-term little like accessibility project next week. I don't really know. Have you heard about instructional design? Um, I'm aware of it. I have a friend actually who works in that field. Um, she worked mm-hmm. for SAIT and a couple other places in the past. Uh, yeah. 
And maybe something to explore, Jordan, because this kind of like happened sort of randomly from a woman who had interviewed me like two years ago now, two summers ago, almost um, before I started my old job, I was, you know, actively interviewing for communications work. Right. Right. And, um, and I had really, really enjoyed her. And um, when I looked her up online, I just like, I like super impressed. Like she's just somebody who's just had like an incredible career. And um, the interview had gone really well, but it ended up, they ended up giving the position to somebody who was just more active on social media. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, she remembered me. And so she's been kind of like actively, she works in accessibility and she's been actively trying to find kind of opportunities and connections for me. So um, she connected me with this instructional design team that's uh, doing some projects and they need um, the neurodivergent perspective on some of their um, things they're working on. So I don't know anything yet. I'm having my first kind of official meeting with them tomorrow, but it's exciting because to me, it seems like, isn't it about time that these things are being designed from the jump with the input of people that um, would be affected, impacted, um, that aren't the sort of normative um, viewers or users or or whatever the terms are. Uh, But it it feels like it is a growth field right now, and it's kind of an Mm -hmm. interesting, juicy way of uh, conveying information and something that uh, one of the people told me is that people come to it from all these different backgrounds. People come to it from um, animation. People come to it from film and TV. People come to it from marketing, communications, yeah, um, graphic design. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know this existed until like last week. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but time. Did you see how I set up the Zoom thing? Uh, yes, uh, with the Rolling Stones reference. That was very funny. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I know, I haven't listened to them in a long time. I used to love them. I think now they're kind of like, there's been some things about Mick Jagger that are kind of alarming, but um, predatory in nature. But uh, some of their music definitely, um, yeah. Time is on <laughs> my side. Yes, it is. <laughs> Remember when they did that... Um, the kind of like the country album, but he was like all like twangy, like the girl with faraway eyes. No, I don't Remember know that? that one. Oh, that one's like one of their best, actually. Like now that I think about it, it's probably a bit contrived, but I love that album. Um, you can send like five dollars to the church of the Holy Redeemer, whatever, like the Holy Redeemer Dreamer. I can't remember the lyrics to it, but yeah, he's like, if you're down on your luck. And you're downright disgusted. Get a girl with faraway eyes. <laughs> and I'm apologizing to everybody listening to this because I can't sing. And I'm deaf and tone deaf. So that is just like really bad. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. That sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> well, thanks, Jordan. You're always very kind. Um, but yeah, so um, I was thinking about the the time thing. And like even last night, not being able to sleep. And I look at the clock at three o'clock and i'm like like it's like two hours before the sun comes up this is all pointless just lying there (laughs) like staring at the ceiling just feeling like um like when am i gonna have that deep sleep that i so treasure and then waking up or getting up at like 8 30 or whatever and just sitting on the balcony and just like picking the little eggs cabbage moss like flutter around the beans and i just like squish the little black eggs and stuff from the like, I was just doing that for an hour yeah. an hour an hour went by of me just like plucking little vermin off the plants 
Like, what is that even? Like, is that is that time well spent? It feels like time well spent, but... I think so, um, and, and it's nice to lose yourself in those kinds of activities sometimes. Um, that's part of why, yeah. you know... Um, well, so when I used to work retail a long time ago, I worked at a music store, and I think my favorite days were the days when new inventory would come in, and it was just like, mm-hmm. you would just have the price catalog and this uh, couple boxes, whatever, sometimes dozens of boxes of, of CDs and DVDs, and just like, you got to price that shit. And it's just really easy to kind of, yeah, just like put your headphones on or just get lost in your thoughts, and you're just kind of doing something that you know how to do for hours at a time, um, and you can just kind of be in your own mental world while, while, uh, you know, um, earning money off your physical labor. And I kind of, I kind of like those things. And that's not to say that you're earning money by getting, uh, bugs off your plants, but, um, (laughs) uh, you know, the, the, the point still stands that it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a waste of time, um, in, Mm -hmm. in those kinds of repetitive activities. Actually, I really liked, um, I briefly worked, uh, construction, like landscaping, um, and, Mm -hmm there was a portion of one summer where my job was just like, okay, we need this ditch to go from here to over here by the end of the day. And it would just be like, all right, it's just me and the spade and just like digging a ditch all day. And, you know, I I didn't, I didn't mind that. It was kind of, yes, kind of same thing. Um, Just like in my own mental world and just kind of thinking my thoughts and, and uh, you know, I got a good tan that summer. So. (laughs) Right. And good, honest work. Remember office space? I do remember Office Space. What a funny movie. <laughs> right? And then he ends up like finally going back to kind of like doing construction. Yeah. Like good honest hard work after, you know, the spreadsheet. What was it? The TPS reports? Mm-hmm, the TPS reports. Yeah. God, those infernal TPS reports. Um, but yeah, like I think there's a lot to be said for that, for doing work that um, maybe isn't uh, what you would call like, quote, professional work or... Um, white collar work. I don't, I don't even know what some of the terms are because I think it, it's become a little bit more fluid over the last few years. Um, but I remember Henry Miller said something about that once when I used mm. to read a lot of him, um, that that men that think that they're superior because they're not working with their hands have been fed one of the biggest lies of the world. Like that you somehow think that you're not, you're not beholden to right. something. You are. You are, in fact, beholden to probably more things and people and systems than you are if you're just like, when your work is very clearly defined, like digging a ditch from point A to point B, <clears throat> and you know you're going to get paid for that, as opposed to um, sitting in a meeting for hours and hours on end, and you have to answer to multiple people at the end of that and provide some kind of like wizardry that's going to like wizardry, wizard, wizardry, wizardry, yeah, wizardry. <laughs> that's going to, you know, make people a ton of money or whatever. I don't know. I just think that that's a, I think there's something to be said for that kind of simplicity. And of course, like with technology and everything, like it feels like, and I I know I harp about this quite often, but like, it just feels like we're working all the time. Mm -hmm. And, And so much of that labor is free. And, you know, we're making people billions of dollars because we post something on our social feeds that, that somebody finds relevant and they make all the money. And we just give our time away over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I took a weekend off of email for the first time in a long time. Um, Saturday, Sunday, I just didn't, didn't check it. Um, 
And, you know, so I was actually kind of dreading opening it up today because I was like, oh, my God, how much stuff am I going to come back to? Uh." But it was, you know, two emails that I had to answer and then mostly just newsletters and stuff. So it was not (laughs) not a big deal at all to take that time off. So, yeah, I was uh, I was happy I did that. Um, But, yeah, Mm. uh, I I think that um, so the time thing, uh, interesting timing Mm. on this, incidentally. Um, I don't know if you follow uh, Dusty Chapura on Twitter. Um, she's an ADHD, uh, let me try this again. She's an ADHD Mm. coach actually from Vancouver. She's in your area. And, um, Mm. I know that some people we know are coaching clients of hers as well. Um, and obviously I'm not going to name them right now. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, um, she posted a thread, uh, about two hours ago or something about, um, ADHD and the kind of like loss of time and the inability to feel time. And it's a, it's a pretty good uh, Mm. thread about, you know, time horizons and um, people being kind of chronically late or in my case, chronically early, because Mm -hmm. I always can't, because I can't judge, I always book way too much time. Like I will leave a half an hour early for something that when you look it up on Google is an 11 minute drive because, Mm -hmm. you know, like, what if I can't find my keys? What if uh, what if I mm. get into the car and I need to gas up? What if I get halfway there and realize I've forgotten something that I needed to bring? Like these are all mm-hmm. pretty regular occurrences. And so, yeah, I've kind of like, instead of habitually being late for things, because that's actually something that bothers the shit out of me is people being late for stuff. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, I've often been there for 15 to 20 minutes already by the time the like scheduled yeah. start time happens. <laughs> <laughs> so relate to that. Yeah. Cause I've been chronically early and I remember when I first got to Vancouver and I was like going to meet someone who was, when I was living in East Van and I was going to meet a woman in the neighborhood. And I think it was like a 15 minute walk and I gave myself an hour <laughs> I'm like sitting in this park near her house, like looking at my phone, like chronically. And then I still ended up being half an hour early and she was just getting out of the shower and she's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) She was like totally alarmed by my presence. And I was like, but I'm eager. And she's like, God. Um, and she kept calling me like Alberta Robbie or something because I was like, in Alberta, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. And she was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's like, you're, you're being weird. You're showing up in my house when I'm not ready for you. Um, but yeah, I, I totally, I know what you mean. I give myself way too much um, time and space um, before. And then sometimes I still end up being late. And then, and then I'm absolutely like frazzled for the rest of the day. Um, because I feel like I let everybody down and then half the time they're not even there anyway. And it's no big deal. And, and my partner and I go through this. I'm like, we're going to be late. He's like, we have two hours. What are you doing? Like, but, and, and I've heard and seen these memes floating around on Twitter as well. It's like, if you have an appointment at three o'clock, nothing else can happen that day. Yeah. Because you're just completely like obsessed with like being prepared, being on time, making sure you have everything you need for that 10 minute doctor's appointment. <laughs> Completely. I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but time horizons are very interesting to me. And I'm, I'm wondering if you've unpacked that or read a little bit more about what Dusty had written. I'm, I'm going to go look at that. I'm not on Twitter today, but um, what did you discover in that thread? Well, she was just basically talking about, um, you know, not being able to accurately judge uh, the amount of time a task takes um, and mm. then, you know, kind of 
also just 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 literally losing yourself in kind of that that um mm. presentness that that kind of you know when you are doing something that you're enjoying or at least kind of engaged in to some degree um you mm. kind of don't realize how much time is passing so you know it's one of these things where it's like okay uh i don't need to leave the house yet because if i do i'll be 20 minutes early so let's take mm -hmm. 10 minutes and like tidy up a little bit and then you start folding the laundry and then before you realize it you've like mm. rearranged your closet for 15 <laughs> minutes because you know you folded you like folding the laundry and putting it away that is, it is indeed a five minute task and then you just like bring that laundry into the room and you're looking at the closet and you're like oh this would actually work a lot better for my needs if i organized it this way and that thing that you were supposed <laughs> to leave the house for in five minutes just like whoosh, that's gone just totally out the window <laughs> because oh yeah there's i started this task and that like led to another thought and now here i am you know um doing this totally irrelevant thing and like i said i think mm. a couple of episodes ago that was a big problem for me in my work life where you start to kind of like peel back one problem and realize that like oh well this is analogous to this other problem and i could solve both of these problems by like abstracting it up another layer or whatever but then you get mm. so focused in the weeds of like wow look at all these different things that need to be done and think of how many different ways you could do them and all this kind of like you know there's a bit of uh excitement to the kind of possibility of problem solving that's that's a really fun thing and then, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, for me, um, the sort of thing that I really tend to kind of get lost in. And that's, yeah, where, where time just whoosh, disappears for me. Right. Yeah. Being in the weeds. That was a, a term that I used when I worked in restaurants. And it was a term that I used in, in professional contexts as well, because I would just be like, all the things have to be done. Everything, all the things that ever had to be done for time infinite have to be done immediately. And the urgency just becomes like, paralyzing yes sometimes it's like but like you're doing it but you're doing all the minutiae things that are somewhat irrelevant like they do contribute in the bigger picture um but yeah like i don't know how many times that would happen like it's funny because when i, I remember i don't know why i'm thinking a lot about highs today but um when i worked there like i remember the the maitre d used to call me robbie rockstar because like they could just like give me this enormous section right? Or just like slam me with tables and I would be cool until I wasn't cool. Right. Yeah. And then I would be like outside hiccup crying with a cigarette. Like, I just don't know why I can't just, just can't handle things. And then I would literally like be out there five or 10 minutes and then like walk back into the restaurant. Like there was nothing wrong and just like make another Caesar salad, flambe another cherries Jubilee, crack another bottle of wine. And then it'd be midnight and there'd be time to go spend all my chips on booze. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it just kind of, uh, yeah, time horizons are something that my my therapist brought up for me mm, uh, mm. during our last session. And he wants me to really actively try to create some new neural pathways around it and, and really challenge myself instead of thinking like, I'm going to be doing this because this is a real problem of mine. When I'm doing anything, I feel like I'm going to be doing it forever. Right. And so I don't, I can't see time as like, um, as horizons, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that word is, is really valuable to me because a horizon, you can see where it begins and ends, right? Um, instead of like time forever or um, now, not right now. And then, yeah, um, I'm probably not articulating this very well. 
Um, but I have started, you know, looking at my calendar, uh, which is just to the right here. It's just, you know, one of these erasable white calendars and like putting where or the, the, the exact date that I want to have my new resume ready. Mm, yeah. Um, the, the, um, you know, the doctor's appointment, some um, things, you know, like essays for our Patreon page, um, uh, when I need to send an invoice for some work that I've done, um, things like that. Uh, so I can look at it as like, oh, okay. So that doesn't mean that I have to be doing this resume thing forever because for whatever reason, redesigning my resume has like paralyzed me this yeah. year. I've been using the same resume forever. And every time I try to do a new one, it doesn't work. It doesn't feel right. And I need it to feel right. I need it to feel like this is what I want to be doing. This feels juicy and exciting. And working through the career stories that Carrie Twig book is helping me with that. Um, part of that retreat that I'm going on for five days is going to be focusing on that. Uh, but yeah, I just, um, every task feels like it's just never going to stop. And And you know how you were saying like, um, like when we actually finish something and the accomplishment is done, like the, the, the sound piece that I did for program sound, I didn't feel celebratory. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel like this is awesome. I felt like I, all I felt was that I could have done it better and that nobody really seemed to hear it. And that's not, that's not accurate. Yeah. Right. I, I know that there were people that heard it, but yeah, that's, um, that's such a good point. Like I'm, like, how are you, how are you doing that? Like, or what are you, what are you kind of creating to sort of help you with that? Well, it... um, it's weird. I, I was actually just kind of thinking about this for myself as you were talking about Time Horizons. And mm -hmm. it's, it's unconscious, but something that I've been doing that has actually been helping me realize the passage of time Um is uh, I've just like while I'm working and stuff, um, I've often I often just have on my second monitor I'll have Twitch going, um, mm. and usually like some sort of music channel, so somebody DJing music or something like that. Um, and a lot of times these people will do an hour set and then go and raid someone else's channel, and that guy will do an hour set and raid someone else's mm. channel and blah blah blah. And so it's like okay, there's a new guy on the TV now. That means an hour's passed, <laughs> like, in a very, uh -huh. very crude way. That stuff has kind of been helping me keep track of that more. Um, but then also just um, finding opportunities for things. Like, I brought this up uh, to you, I think, a long time ago. I don't think I have on the show, though, but there's um, these sort of, like, virtual co-working, things like that, um, which I find have have helped with time management, too, basically like that kind of body doubling mm -hmm. co-working sort of feel uh virtually and so yeah that's really handy it's basically like pomodoro structure um so so yeah like things like that uh i've found a couple of those sorts of things um and then more broadly though just like actually really being more not not deliberate but more specific about how i'm planning my time um mm -hmm. and and not saying like Okay, so this morning, like, where, whereas it, before it might be like, okay, this morning I'm going to do some marketing work for the podcast, say. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so that's like, there's a lot of intention there, but unfortunately, without a lot of specifics and kind of deliverables, um, often it, it's like that chunk of time passes and I look at what I've gotten done mm -hmm. and it's like, 
I know I could have produced more than this. Like what I did was good, but I know I could have could have mm. done more with this. And I feel like that's where chunking time into really specific things and be like, okay, here's here's what I want to accomplish by the end of this four hour chunk is I want to be, you know, um, I want to have uh, uh, cut a, a sort of best of, of of 10 really great clips from from 10 of the shows over the year um mm. and put that together as kind of like a marketing thing uh mm. so that's great that's, idea by the way thank Jordan. you i just came up <laughs> with it um so so that's like a uh you know that that's a specific thing and then if you can put a deliverable mm. date on it um you know that like okay i, I want to have this thing done by the end of this work session today and so or, or by the end of this mm. date and so that means if i've got this amount of time that I should spend today listening to uh, the f- or, or even transcribing, let's say, the first four episodes and just looking through them, just scrolling through and kind of looking through for some juicy stuff and see what we can pull out of there. Mm. And so, yeah, so it's like uh, from 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 seven to eight, I'm going to do that. And then from eight to nine, I'm going to put together thumbnails and change out the text and all of them and blah, blah, blah. And then from uh nine to ten i'm gonna produce the video clips using these audio clips that i've just called and then so yeah so it's Mm. like having actually kind of the the sort of project managed version of it where you've got Mm. everything broken down into the more specific tasks and you have specific times on them even even there's a lot of people who apply that same kind of technique in music production where people will do like timer beats where they'll say, okay, I want to, I want to have something finished like a, a 16 bar loop um, in uh, 20 minutes. And so they'll spend five minutes programming the drums, five minutes coming up with a baseline, five minutes coming up with some chords and then five minutes doing whatever kind of other production stuff. And that's, mm. you know, you're probably not going to write a hit that way, but if you do that every day, you know, you're only spending 20 minutes a day. It's not that big of an investment, but you're going to, you're going to come mm. up with something at some point that you're like, this is, this is good. And I want to like take the time to expand this into like a real song kind of thing. So. Oh, I love that Jordan. Yeah. Um, so the Pomodoro thing, uh, I briefly looked at that. Um, I think sort of early around diagnosis time, but then I never really went any further with it. For those that don't know what it is, do you want to kind of unpack sure, it and yeah. explain it? So it's a, it's a time management technique that dates back to the 80s. Um, this author, uh, he calls it the Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. And it's called that because he was using a uh, kitchen timer to do it himself. Um, so basically, you kind of break your time up into half-hour chunks. And then you spend 25 minutes of that working steadily on something like trying your best to not get distracted and stay focused on that task. And then when that 25 minutes end, you take a hard break and you walk up away from the desk and, you know, have a glass of water, do some push-ups, make a cup of coffee, whatever it is that you want to do to kind of like um, separate yourself out from that just slightly uh, Mm -hmm. out from the work that you've just been doing. And, you know, for some people um, that five minutes can give you time to think about things if you're working on a creative project or writing or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's not necessarily the point of it. The point of it is to just take that hard break so that you don't feel like you're burning yourself out by working too hard Mm -hmm. of a stretch and not kind of, you know, 
getting up and maybe while you're up, you notice, you notice that you're hungry and you make a meal and then come back to it with another 20 minutes later or whatever, like no big deal. So, yeah, I think I'm going to apply some of that. And even just hearing you describe how you were um, thinking about doing some content from, from our show, like that just makes so much sense to me. And, and I know I've said this before, like when I have the right kind of structures around what I need to do, um, it, it can be fairly painless for me once I get into the groove of it, right? It's just getting into that system and the groove that is uh, the hardest part for me, um, especially given all my weird little health things that have happened this year. It's been, it's been hard for me to commit to a schedule Yep. because I'm worried that I'm not going to feel well that day or I'm worried that um, it's going to be one of my shouldn't have gone swimming in the... <laughs> The kelp slime, um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, whatever, whatever it is, right? So um, I think you're really inspiring me to um, get a little bit more disciplined about that. And I do know that I've kind of built out this sort of time because I'm going on that retreat uh, at Sea to Sky until August 10th. Uh, and that will be kind of like my sort of, that's my time to start kind of coming back into a productive sort of mindset. Um, are you familiar with, um, I think I know I've mentioned on being on the show before with Krista Tippett. Uh, she interviewed Abby Wambach and uh, Glennon Doyle not long ago. Are you familiar with them? I recognize uh, Glennon Doyle's name. I'm not sure mm. who these people are, though, no. Okay, so they're um, uh, a couple. And Abby Wambach was the most, um, the highest scoring uh, soccer, actually the highest scoring athlete ever. Um, and she... Uh, gave a, a a commencement speech at uh, Barnard about um, leadership, and it was called Wolfpack, and it went viral a couple of years ago. Um, and she's known for being um, just a badass in general, um, and she's got all kinds of wonderful ideas about uh, just being in the world on your own terms and, like, women in leadership. And uh, the two of them met each other, I don't know, at some book signing or something like that. And Glennon Doyle used to be kind of like this sort of Christian kind of le um, thought leader, if you will, and then she's kind of went through all these different things. And, um, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because one, the, one of the pieces of the conversation that really stood out for me was Glennon said, like, first there's the pain, then there's the waiting, then there's the rising over and over and over again. And that's life. And it's like you get this wound, you get something really, really awful that happens, and then you're waiting to recover. You're in this, this kind of fallow period and then you reach a point where you begin to kind of rise up to what what makes sense for you again. And that just, it just hit me. Like I was just like, I feel like I've been in a waiting period for about a year of this kind of recovery from um, career heartbreak and then living through a pandemic, discovering uh, my brain uh, works uh, in weird and mysterious ways <laughs> and uh, the hearing loss, uh, the grief of that. Um, so yeah, just like time for me this year, it's hard for me to believe that it's been a year, but there has been this whole year that has passed of me just, just waiting in a way. And I feel like I'm ready to start doing and, um, doing in a way that feels sustainable and nourishing. Uh, I don't want to do in the way that I used to do, which is like in the weeds, frantic, run around, do all the things, like whatever the boss says to, um, to actually contributing things that uh, don't completely uh, hollow me out. This podcast is definitely part of that, right? Mm -hmm. 
for me. Like it doesn't feel like, um, <clears throat> like I need to recover for a week afterwards. In fact, I look forward to our conversations. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if that actually made sense, but like I w I've been thinking about that, like this, this one year piece and you also are, are in a one year kind of frame of mind. Right. Yeah. Would you, or I, I don't want to assume that maybe you can, if you're comfortable talking about it, um, yeah, sure. Um, you know, uh, ultimately, so, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm a year sober as of yesterday and that, um, you know, was mm -hmm. like a big part in me figuring out that I do have ADHD because again, all of these, these memory issues and kind of like, what did I just come up the stairs for kind of things that I thought were <laughs> attributable to too much cannabis were like, no, those, those are still there. Those are still there. Um, mm. So yeah, you know, it's, um, it's, it's all, it's, it's, no, it's not all right. It's great. I'm, I'm very proud of myself. I'm very happy mm. with, with how things have gone. Um, I'm recognizing there are other old coping mechanisms rearing their head. As I mentioned, I've definitely been like eating a lot of junk food and not doing great on that front. Um, but mm. you know, like, uh, trying to, trying to somewhat mitigate that with exercise. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of myself and I'm happy about that. And, you know, um, yeah, I'm just kind of hoping to continue carrying that forward into the future. So. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm so stoked for you. Um, because you know, I've, I've kind of danced around a lot of different sort of recovery modalities, um, since, a, since I was a teenager. So it's always kind of been on my mind, uh, that, certain substances for certain people can be really toxic and limiting. Um, but I also know that uh, the kind of more widely known ways of dealing with that don't work for everybody either, right? So uh, I know lots of people out there that you wouldn't even know um, have been uh, in a kind of a recovery and, you know, Brene Brown comes to mind, right? Mm. Like she's been sober for like 20 some odd years or something. But um Everybody, I guess, that, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's no one size fits all, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I know people that can, that can have a lush glass of Cabernet and they love the romance of that. They love talking about the quality of the grape and where it was made and like it compliments the meal that they made and it's really enjoyable. And I know people that that one glass will lead to 10 and they never get invited back to people's houses again. So like, it's like, um... Yeah, uh, it's not. Um, that's not. A, it's not an easy one. And 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 I know that last summer, when I had more time on my hands, uh, we were getting a bottle of wine every every now and then. Um, and I wouldn't say that I overdid it, but I wasn't feeling awesome. So um, right around the time of my discovery, I decided that alcohol needed to to leave the table for for as long as it needs to. I don't know if that's forever, but mm -hmm. for for right now and today, like that just doesn't make any sense for me. I don't want to run the risk of, um, <clears throat> because I seem to have such a sensitive system, like, I don't want to run the risk of like, oh, I take the full quest and then I have a, I don't know, a margarita and end up like in the bathroom for two weeks. I don't know. I don't want that. <laughs> or, in, or in an existential dread spiral because I've had enough of those. In right. Life. Like, you know, I think it's more for me, it's more about like what it does to my psyche, like just how I feel really lousy afterwards. Yeah.
Yeah, um, for me, it's just kind of. Um, I think I said on the first episode, I've got I've got a tendency towards depression and depressive mm-hmm. thoughts and and you know a negative outlook in the first place, and I just really I gotta kind of avoid that stuff. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah. Ultimately, I I think that it's like. Yeah, I I think that if I had the sort of um, brain chemistry to kind of dip back into it casually, maybe I would go that route. But honestly, mm-hmm. like so much, so many different things for me are just like if it's if it's there, I'm I'm consuming it. Like that's been part of the mm-hmm. problem with like having you know how you 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 come home with like some peanut butter M and M's and it's like well they're gone that <laughs> night you know and and it's the same thing it's just like I've never been the sort of person who just like oh yeah that bottle of booze that I've had sitting around for six years <laughs> like that, that that's like half finished or whatever and it's like yeah no that's that's not <laughs> quite how it's gone ever uh, that's not to say I would drink the whole bottle in one night but you know mm-hmm. if if whatever like three, four drinks a night, that bottle is going to last a week or something like that. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it, it, I, I just can't put the brakes on is what I'm saying. Like really with kind of anything, I just get very obsessive mm-hmm. is maybe the wrong word for, for booze and stuff like that. Um, at least for my relationship to it. But um, mm. yeah, just like, Hey, this is fun. And you know, what's even more fun than fun is more fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like no off switch. No. Um, and that's, I remember buying a bottle, a huge bottle of Hendrix gin at the Frankfurt airport on the way back from an iStock event in France, thinking to myself, I'm going to buy this duty-free bottle of Hendrix gin and it's going to last for the longest time. And I think that's when I was living at the Orange Law. And I was like, Hey Tyler, you want to come up for some gin? (laughs) It's just like, and it was just like that, that bottle lasted, I don't know, maybe three weeks, if a month, like that, this was not something um that was gonna stick around so yeah it's like if it's there and it's in my line of sight i'll eat it like if if there's snacks on the table if i'm not hungry i'll continue eating the snacks on the table if i'm at a social event especially if i'm nervous Mm. i i will eat everything that's there because that's giving me something to do rather than trying to navigate the social awkwardness and my hearing loss and the adhd on top of everything so i'll just i'll just eat until i'm like uncomfortable and then i have to go because i don't want anybody to experience things that i don't want them to experience (laughs) i'm trying to put that as carefully as i can you gotta you gotta save that sort of stuff for the third date (laughs) (laughs) right yeah as well we'll tell you some stories or maybe you won't but yeah this is good (laughs) you can probably hear me he's probably getting up but um yeah the uh the piece of like things that just like knowing what's what's harmful to us, right? Whatever that is, like whether it's alcohol or uh, THC or um, uh, cocaine, whatever, right? Um, I think we talked about this before that the ADHD brain is uniquely primed for addiction. We're just like it's just the way kind of we're built, so we have to be careful. Um, and <clears throat> and learning how to just kind of create ways that su- like that will support our well being. That's what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I want to feel well. Like, that's what really motivates me these days. I want to feel well. I want to feel connected. I want to feel part of community. I want to feel like the work that I'm doing has some positive impact. I want to create things. I want to play. I want to laugh. Uh, and if I'm drinking alcohol, then I feel like that time is robbed from me mm. because it takes me too long to recover after. So the, the two days of, like, 
feeling depressed, calling crisis lines. I've had to do that in the past when I've been hungover because I didn't, I didn't know what had happened the night before. And, and those, that, that was years ago. I haven't done any of that kind of behavior in a long time. Um, but you know this, like Calgary and the party culture and mm-hmm. New York party culture is especially savage. So my, my brief three months stint there, I made some pretty questionable choices. But um, yeah, uh, it is in the past, but it is part of, part of who I am. Um, but it doesn't need to define me. I have to remember yeah. that. The mistakes that I've made in the past uh, do not define me. Uh, there are things that happened previously, and now I have this time. Is on, is on my side. side. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> nice. Nice, thank nice, you. nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, so what other things do we want to cover on this? Because I think we're coming up to our magical time of an hour. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything kind of too specific um, other mm. than, you know, my experience of the passage of time is very different from most people's. So Yeah. And, and I think that that is a thing. And, and maybe we can, uh, or you could send me the link or we can put it in the show notes to uh, Dusty's. Uh... Yeah, no, I was, I was going to put that in the description. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because um, I definitely want to check them out as well. And uh, just another plug to what Ryan's been doing with his photo project with ADHD. Like every time I look at one of those portraits, I'm just blown away, like how good they are. And yeah. also like how intimate and how forthcoming everyone's been. Um, you know, like he's really... Uh, tapped into something special there i think, I think and, so and, yeah so i i want to uh um reach out to i'm starting to kind of think about that reach out to some of the people that he's uh profiled and see if they'd like to come on the show and talk mm-hmm. more more in depth about their experience i know some people are more willing to you know do the photo thing but they don't necessarily want their be in conversation for an hour and have it be public i understand yeah. privacy is uh, important for people so um but yeah they want to start thinking about that coming into the fall and um, do more of those kind of conversational pieces. Mm-hmm. Dave, Jill, Paige, and Brianna, I just want to personally say thank you so much for supporting us um, through uh, Patreon. It just means the world to me that uh, that you're listening and that uh, you're connecting with us. And uh, this really does help a lot. Um, it really it helps not just uh, our pocketbook, but it helps my heart to know that you're out there listening. So thank you. It's a big motivator to, uh, you know, get these emails and, and contacts saying that people like the stuff, like the show, relate to it. And it's an even bigger one when people say, hey, I liked it so much, I'm going to throw a little bit of money your way. So yes, thank you very much, Dave, Jill, Paige, and Brianna for supporting the show. So if you are a listener of the show and you would like to join their illustrious ranks and our legion of patrons over at patreon.com slash holy shit I have ADHD, you can do so for as little as a dollar Canadian a month. Uh, there's a place to discuss each episode and coming at soon at some point there will be uh, personal essays, book reviews, um, I'm planning to put together some CSV spreadsheet kind of resources so that people can access some of the organizing tools that I use. Um, mm. all that kind of stuff over on the site. So again, that's patreon.com slash holy shit, I have ADHD. And thank you very much to Dave, Jill, Paige, and Brianna. Woohoo. And yeah, thank you, Jordan, for um, hosting some of that C- CSV stuff because you are a badass in that area and I learn a lot from you. So that'd be wonderful. Thanks. You're welcome. If you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, 
Subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media. A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at you guessed it, holy shit, I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positive.